You're listening to On Our Terms, where we share our friend and founder journey and tell you how being labeled as non-traditional seems to be our superpower. We hope you enjoy the ride as much as we have. Oh my God. Even. <laughs> Hello, everyone. It's Cami Padilla. And alongside my co-host, Mary Meller, thank you for tuning into On Our Terms. Today, we are talking about how we assembled our squad at Vodium, meaning how in the world did we hire and build the right team to create our company? We have a really awesome conversation um, for you today, and we're also going to be joined by Taylor Vino, our Director of Marketing. So stick around, but also stick around for the end, where if you've listened to the last two episodes, we're doing what we call the run-through, which is what we're watching and listening to, a piece of news that we think is really interesting, and then our dream sponsor of the podcast. Love it. Okay, Mary, let's, let's give it a go. Okay, ready? On three. One, two, three. Let's talk, Let's talk on, on our, our terms. <laughs> so bad, so brutal. So bad. Um, but Mary, before we dive into talking about how we assembled our squad at Vodium, can you please tell me and our audience the one thing that helped you manage your week on your terms? I love that. This is a really fun question. Um, we were chatting about this before the episode, and I don't know how many people know this term, but I, I've been diagnosed with ADHD for almost two years now. Um, I'm medicated for it. Getting a diagnosis was amazing. We're going to do a whole podcast on mental health. But one thing that I've learned helped me manage um, my ADHD, but also just have a happier, healthier, more productive week is having low dopamine mornings. And what that means is instead of immediately getting up, chugging coffee, checking Instagram, checking the news, listening to a podcast, like filling my brain with content. I've started getting up earlier. So I'm getting up at 6.30, which is probably not that early for most people. But for me, it is. I'm not the biggest morning person. 6.30? 6.30? Yeah. I feel like that's early. That's early. Okay. Yeah. So I get up at 6.30. I get straight out of bed. And I put my sweats on. It's chilly here in Nashville, which is cool. It's fall. Um, and I go for like an hour-long walk. Like I'm trying to get 10,000 steps a day. And it, it's been amazing. I get coffee on my way. Sometimes I'll listen to a fun podcast, nothing too serious. But sometimes it's just quiet or I listen to music. I have a loop around my neighborhood. Um, I see the same dogs on my walk every morning. It's amazing what it does. And then I come back home ready to like get ready and start the day without being super overstimulated. Um and yeah, it's it's been a game changer in terms of my focus and productivity and just overall happiness. Highly recommend. Ooh, sounds very on your terms. Holy so terms. yes, baby. So the reason why I kicked us off with that question is because I want people to understand how hiring people to build Vodium has been one of the scariest, overwhelming experience of my life, I believe of our lives. And then especially when it comes down to the development part, because you and I don't have a tech background and that's made us really stop back, like step back and prioritize if we're going to let people into our mission. If we're going to let people into our mission and our baby, then we have to manage this on our terms to like to protect our baby. And I just totally. want to know how you think about it. It's been really scary. And I think this is like the perfect time right up front to just say like, 
we haven't always gotten it right with building our team. Um, bringing people into your mission and to, to work on your baby and voting very much as our baby is really scary. It's really hard to hire. I mean, I think every manager, every leader, every entrepreneur, every CEO knows it's really hard to hire the right people, even if we're consistently, I feel like we've always hired really good people. Um, but you know, you've got to take a risk. Like we, we can't do it all. And I think we've been really lucky to bring on some amazing people. And when we haven't gotten it right, um, like right fit, we've pivoted and moved on. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not easy. It's definitely been scary, but I'm really, really proud of the team we have today. It's amazing. It is amazing. Okay. So should you okay. just kick us off and yeah, go into I'll it? Kick us off. I'll go into it. Yeah. So we're going to dive in first, um, guys, today on like who we've hired to actually build the app, right? Camille and I are non-technical founders. I had to hire everyone from individual coders to very large global development firms to build our product. But before we did that, we really just want to tell you like, who do you need to hire when you're starting a company, right? Like you have an idea who are the first people you have to bring on? So we talked about John, our investor, um, on the last episode. But aside from John, there's really like three key areas um, of like really foundational people that we think it's important to bring in um, and that we brought in from the very beginning. So the first is you got to have a good lawyer. Like you have to hire good attorneys. Um, we work with a firm out of the South called Glankler Brown. Shout out to Chris Lamberson, Jake Casser. They're absolutely incredible. Um, yes. We pay a premium for them. Like they are also the attorneys, very large companies, very prominent <laughs> people. But it's been worth it because whenever something has gone wrong, when it hits the fan, like Chris is a partner at a major law firm, answers the phone for us and deals they, with it. He does. Work. He's like, hey, ladies. And we're like, ah, Jake, yeah, like, Chris, us. Or and Jake, yes, both of us. Oh, talker. And Jake Mary and I are like, talker. <laughs> yeah. Jake and Chris are amazing. Um, I, I just can't sit off. Like, I've, I've had this conversation with a lot of fellow entrepreneurs. Do we just use legal zoom or you know do we just cheap out it's like no 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 no. like you need a good attorney and who's gonna be on your journey with you um so that's one two is you have to find a good tax accountant um i think day-to-day accounting cami um actually runs with rachel one of our amazing vendors today but um is it rachel am i getting that right (laughs) obviously who runs the books who runs accounting yeah me me. Mira, I take care of you, honey. You do. <laughs> um, but but when it comes to taxes, I'm very involved because um, we don't screw around with the IRS as you should not. Um, like seriously, shout out to Canon Wright Blount, um, who are our tax Damn. attorneys. Tracy um, over there is just amazing. She was our investor's tax accountant. Um, and she's doing like incredible work for us. Like we've gotten the gut, like research and innovation tax credits from the government. Like it's, it's been amazing. You can't scrub on your taxes, get a good tax count. Um, and then the third piece, um, was started out really not knowing that we were going to do this, but we've built the most amazing group of advisors. Um, we have six equity holding advisors in our company. We're going to do a whole episode and bring some of them on and introduce you to them. Um, but we've just found, made it a priority to find the smartest people in the areas where we knew we would need help, development, sales, marketing, um, just like overall business strategy, founder to founder, um, a business mentor from day one. And that has been the best investment we've made um, by far. It's our advisors. They're part of our team. 
Um, they've helped from the beginning. And when we have a question, like we, we always can call someone who's smarter or knows more than we do. So that's been really great. So with that out of the way, um, we want to dive into the teams who have actually built our products. So Cami, why don't you get us started with David Budimir? I was just so excited because to be the, the advisor journey for me has been the easiest yeah. because it's more like, who do I get along with? Who can I chit chat with? Because when I think about calling our advisors, I always kind of think of like, we got to call mom and dad, or maybe I Literally. think that more of our investor and I just get really scared. I get in the mindset of like, oh shit. It's kind of negative how sometimes I get so scared to tell them where we're at. Um, but the, I felt, I have felt so safe with our advisors being like, no, 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 maybe this. And they've been adaptable as well. And one of the most strategic things we did was to get advisors and or get more people in our court. So then they could open doors to resources bigger than our own knowledge. 100%. So, you know, that wasn't always the way it was, right? David Budimir, as you mentioned, was our first ever developer. Hey, David, and, wherever you are in the world. Hi. Oh, girl, I was actually, I went to Soho House in Steamed. And I was high. I was like going through such a heart. My period's about to start. Like I've been in such a frenzy. So I was breathing through it. And I actually got a little bit emotional. And I was like, wait, no. <laughs> Our, the first team member, the first person was you. Because I was literally like, and it was in the most beautiful way. I genuinely was like, oh, I can't do this without Mary. So like. I was, maybe that's kind of stupid, but I was like, no, Mary, Mary's my first person that I brought into this, that we brought yeah. into this, assembling the squad. Okay. But it's literally also because I also knew that Mary was fucking bad <laughs> and she was so good at her job. And she was always talking about tech, Elon Musk. Like she was just always about talking about such weird shit. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, girl, but, um, she ran product marketing and I was like, I need someone so smart to bring this together and who has connections more than I do in the development and tech space. And I didn't even know what that meant, but like you did, Mary, you had such an amazing knowledge in the tech space that I want to say that like, uh, sure, Vodium technically, it was like, this is what needs to be done. But I came to you like, you, there's no way I couldn't have done this without you ever. And there was well, never like a doubt in my mind, but I'm just saying like, I'm internally grateful for you. I love it. I mean, listen, like you had an amazing idea. And I always say like, I think if you want to start a company, like think about the problems in your life or the gaps where like something doesn't exist that should. And that you called me with the idea and I was like, yeah, all right, let's do it. And I, I teleprompter, I didn't know what the hell that was needed for like I wasn't running TV commercials over Zoom, but you know I saw that there was a problem, and it I just in fact the like skills to be like all right, I think this is how we would actually do this. Um, it's been amazing. But the first person we called, we needed a developer, so we were like, who do we call? I called some friends from Everfi, and they were like, you remember David Budimir? He was like on the marketing <laughs> team. I think he's coding now, and like. It has some free time. So we called David. He was like, sure, I'll do this for you. And he built our 
first version of our app, or really our beta version that we took to market, our website for like really cheap and did a great job. Uh, and he was really nice. And yeah. oh my God, you and I had no idea what we were building, um, but how cute, like the first mock-ups we created, but we knew like you and I sat together forever being like, well, visually, this is how we feel like this would work. Like you immediately ran me through a product marketing exercise and we were working together. You were getting to understand what we needed um, in terms of what you've done in your past work, right? Mm -hmm. You've worked with developers like you were like, well, oh, I think we need to do this. So we did the best we could with David, but I didn't know at least the contingencies that are so dependent on a developer if you have an app. Um, and I don't care if that's naive. Like, I'm sorry, coders, neither if you're rolling did. your eyes. No, neither of us did. We had no idea like that all the – like how systems were connected. Like we are not software engineers. We had no <laughs> idea. So we were like, oh, they'll, they'll just build it. We'll put it on the web. We'll sell it. And we're good to go. Turns out <laughs> – like you need someone on your team at all times. So the app failed. David had moved on to another project. And we were like, what the hell did we do? We had not fundraised yet. So we called another developer that I'd worked with, Jonathan Redburn. Love that guy. And he tried to help us figure it out. But like he really know, he did. Just, he did. He was like, I, I don't know if I can fix this. Like I think you guys need to like raise some money and like hire someone who does this full time. <laughs> it was so annoying was to helpful. me at the time because I was like, yeah. we were like, why isn't this it? easier? And he was like, and it didn't, okay. It didn't fail. There was literally like a, a, a renewal that David did an upkeep because contractually we were done with David <laughs> and David yeah. was like, uh, David would still help me in a moment of panic because remind you, this is like still peak COVID times. So yeah, we were all somewhat accessible, like obsessed with our devices too. So thank you, David, for being so sweet to my anxious texts and calls. But Jonathan Redburn was just like the kind of resistance that we needed. And he was mm -hmm. like, no, this is more complicated. And so yeah. that was hard for me to understand. But then another connection that you had was James McKenna, yeah, who James. if you can talk about, okay, after the app crashed, the connection failed, and we went through the awkwardness of what do we do next? You came to me and we talked about this in last episode that we had a fundraise, right? Because we were like, well, if we're going to actually take this seriously. I I think what, what people are saying is that this is going to take a lot more building and research and understanding. And that means more development money. So, you know, we went to John, our investor and said, okay, this is what we've, we've accumulated. This is the feedback we've had, but we don't have we can't or don't have the money to invest further in what we believe is a, a, a bigger development budget. So that's why you were like, we got a fundraise and gave John the, the research and the data. And he was like, well, how much do you think you need for a proper year of getting this application proof and sound at the time? We were like two hundred fifty thousand dollars. I still believe that was a beautiful amount. Oh, it was perfect. Go, going back, I wish we would have known what we did a year later. And I, yeah. I want. I'm angry, but that's 
a part of the process and that's it more is. self-judgment on me. Um, but talk us through how we met with Opalescent Baby Opalescent. into 2021. Rusty and Mark. So James McKenna, who can be mentioned, is a friend. He actually works at Nivea, the AI company that's blowing up right now. Um, James and I had worked together on a product launch at CEB back in the day. Um, and I have to just say it like really quickly because it's interesting. They pulled seven people from our 5,000-person company into an old server room. And gave us 40 days to come up with the concept and a prototype for a mobile app. And we did it. And James and I pitched it and it was funded. And that was like my first taste of product development and of entrepreneurship. It was awesome. So we're, we've been friends ever since for many years. Um, and I was just talking to James and James goes, wait, you got to talk to my friend Rusty. Because at the time, James was transitioning from tech sales to wanting to be in product management and product marketing. Um, was thinking about going to business school, and he's British, and had this friend named Rusty Nash, who he had kind of shadowed and interned for um, for a while, who was out of Norwich, not London, Norwich. Norwich. So we take a call with them, Rusty and Mark, and they had been the CFO and CIO at another large AI firm in the EU, um, and we're starting Opalescent, their company, um, as a side hustle and we were going to be their first client. And so we really just through a series of conversations, it, it was like three weeks. We just felt such synergy with them and their team because they were two co-founders. We were two co-founders. We all had really different skills, but you know, they were trying to do software development in a different way um, and really create a studio where founders could come and, you know, create their ideas. So we brought them on in that December of 2020. Yeah. And they helped build a lot of foundational pieces mm -hmm. for Vodium. The vision, the look, the, the whole aesthetic was just really made credibly by them. And it, in terms of a marketing wise, it made me really, really confident in this is who we are. Um, but, you know, things change development changes. And in a great way, what we discovered while we were working with Opalescent was that the mixture of people who were downloading our application was a mixed bag. And then we would that that means that we were getting Vodium to be tested on different devices. And with that, that means we would get feedback. And some of that feedback was, hey, your activation key process is being blocked and I'm not able to download Vodium. So that's a good, but like now knowing, I'm like, wow, that's a good problem to have. But uh, at the time, it was like, this is a mental crisis. It I'm freaking so out. And it lasted <laughs> like a mean? year before we could figure it out. And guess the – okay, so to be clear, Obolescent uh, built us up a notch, right? And then we learned so much with them. We grew our confidence. Uh, they spent such times with us and talked to us throughout um, – hardships. It was through the pandemic still, right? Uh, yeah. Personally, we were going through so much. So it's just such a safe place for Mary and I, but absolutely. And they, and they also built our website and like Cami alluded to, like they did all of our branding. They have an incredible designer, Ozon, who actually side note, designed the cover of the book Dune, which is now a hit 
movie with Timothy Chalamet. So like we we like we grew together then. Um, but the issue we were having was really persistent. And together we just we couldn't get to the bottom of it. And we were, you know, we'll get to sales in a minute, but like we were losing deals because of the issue. We had a lot of frustrated customers and it was a hell 2022 is when shit had the fan. It was just really hellish for us. And so I think I want to like close development and then go on to the other sections and people who we've hired, but we now are partnered with Avanade. That was official in late 2022. We had a beautiful transition between Opalescent and Avanade, but Mary and I were getting feedback throughout our whole journey from people saying like, you don't have a tech founder. You don't have anyone coding for you. Um, Like you need an advisor from a tech background. You need a CTO. And I'm like, well, that's going to be so much money and Equity. equity. We've experienced some turmoil with past people we've worked with, and that's going to happen at any company endeavor. So we were a little scarred by certain experiences and hesitant and, you know, we went from such a beautiful, intimate boutique, but that boutique mentality didn't have the robust systems it needed in order for us, for them to build this app that we learned was way more intricate or needed to be like, what am I trying to explain in terms the of- app? Yeah, okay, thank you. She's the, the oh my God, she's the data woman. Look at this. No, Come on, Mary. We're at home. <laughs> Opalescent built an amazing consumer app for us, full uh, stop. They they took us from having basically a beta that broke to having a full-fledged e-commerce consumer app. Mm-hmm. What we did not have was an app that could exist within corporate systems. So the baby was like sent out into the world and it would work on your MacBook if you were a content creator or a you know, yoga teacher or a consultant working from home doing webinars. But the minute it got on a corporate PC – it just, it's like it, it was like a angry teenager. Like it just would stop working. So we needed someone with corporate experience and, and that, you know, that's exactly why we hired Avanade and, um, Robert Chandler, one of our advisors who's amazing, who works at Microsoft said, you got to talk to the guys at Avanade. And at the time, Avanade had never worked with a startup of our size. <laughs> Um, which was crazy. And I don't think we understood. That's like, an ordered, girl. Microsoft, I mean, Avanade is um, a multi-billion dollar company owned by Accenture and Microsoft. Like these are like the smartest dev and consulting people in the world. And we roll in, we're like, yeah, we need a new dev shop. And they're, they liked us and we like them. And it, it, what turned out was a beautiful relationship where, they basically are invested in our company by the discounting that they've done and the partnership. They took us on or from their leadership down have been absolutely incredible. Um, and they they gave us the corporate knowledge of how, you know, our app needed to interact with and corporate systems um, that we were lacking. So it's been really amazing. It has been really amazing. And I want to end Avan out there because that is unleashing a dragon, which we will get into at a later episode because the development of our app is such a special um, baby for us. And it's something that we constantly have to 
Well, proactively communicate to people why we chose to do it this way. You know, exactly. it's very complicated. And shout out to Nick Day because he was our counterpart at Avani. We have to say hi to Nick on this podcast. He's has on his podcast. If you want to learn more about our relationship with Avani, you can listen to that episode on his LinkedIn profile. Ooh, Nicholas Devi. Okay, yeah. so Mary, I, I want to briefly touch on sales because mm-hmm. it's really just been us two. And you know, we've had help from our amazing squad of contractors who have come on because they've loved, they love us. We love them. Friendships. We've asked anyone for help. We have an awesome per uh female and student uh from <laughs> Belmont University. Shout out Maddie. And then Elle, such a dear, amazing friend of ours from Nashville who literally has two children and still has time to help a startup. Um, but Mary, can you tell everyone about how we've approached sales with yeah. our capital and our resources? Absolutely. So I think it's important to know, like, if you think back, and we've mentioned this before, when we launched our beta in November of 2020, we had executives of the New York Times, members of Congress, like a lot of individuals on the app. But when we relaunched with Opalescent, we fixed the product. We had a new website that following spring basically activated our network. And suddenly, like without really trying, we're like basically doing B2B sales. And my background is in uh, B2B SaaS tech product marketing. So basically, we just like called the, the best sales people we knew. Like shout out Sean Tynan. Uh, we called Tynan and we're like, Tynan, like how do we sell? Like can you teach us? We called um, my friend Ben Arendt, who was doing challenger sales, like help us build our pitches. Like we we had access to really smart people who knew how to do it, um, which was really interesting. And suddenly like we're in like Fortune 10 companies in the C-level, piece level, like pitching these people. <laughs> Top 10 law firms, like uh, the biggest, most famous universities. Like it was pretty wild. And that momentum has, has carried um, – to today. And it, it's it's really just Camille and I doing this. We've had help. Elle's been amazing. Maddie's been amazing. Um, but as a result, you know, today we're not super focused on outbound B2B selling. Um, we have a really focus on our consumer business and then going really deep with um, the customers that we do have to really build out what a B2B relationship should look like for a product and training suite that looks like ours. Because one of our advisors always says he never wants to be in the seat of selling a product that hasn't been existed yet and or invented yet and like or creating a new category. And that's like exactly what we're doing. We're we're selling something that people don't really know. Who that said that? Seth. So smart. Ugh, Seth. And we're selling something that we we don't know. People don't know that they need, or they know they have a problem, but they're solving it in different ways. And on the consumer level, that's really easy to get across. But when you're talking about B2B sales, it's another dragon. So <laughs> we can nerd out on that. And we talk about it at a later episode about B2B sales. And it's because yeah. it deserves its own beast um, of an episode and conversation. And like we've mentioned, we've been blessed to be a part of Google for Startups, Goody Nation, all of these, um, you know, Nashville Entre- Entrepreneurship Center, Brain Trust. Brain Trust. Um, so they've, uh, what was I going to say? We've had a lot of help and we still have a lot of help <laughs> guiding us through. Yes, but, but um, let's talk this about. Sales practice. Yeah. 
Let's, yes. let's, let's move talk on. about so, the next part. We'll talk about that in a future episode. Um, what we're really good at, uh, uh, which is really fun, it's always fun to work on things we're good at, is honestly been research and marketing. And um, this is where we're going to bring in Taylor in just a minute, um, who's absolutely amazing. You're going to love hearing from her and her journey. But before we dive into Taylor, who's leading all of our marketing efforts, we just want to touch quickly on the research that we've done. And I'll give the kind of preview to this, which is, you know, Camille and I from day one have said it's going to be super important to prove, not just anecdotally, but from a quantitative and qualitative perspective, if I'm getting that right, why people need this product, the efficacy of the product, why it's better than other products or solutions out there, and really like proving that there's a real need in the market. Um, And like we've done that, which has been really cool. We've done that in a very methodical way with some really amazing people. Arr, gets me riled up, baby, because we've done the research. We've done our homework. We have. And it's been something that uh, I think you and I, I don't know if we knew this intuitively, but from the get-go, we just have been in such different type of campaign building backgrounds, you know, that for some reason we were like, no, we need more research that this matters Mm -hmm. because, you know, it's in a way, I wonder if it's a blessing that we didn't have a coding background because now that I look, now that I hear other people's journeys, you know, if someone with a, we, we know other apps who have built similar to Vodium and it, it seems like those people have more of a coding background, which is awesome and amazing. But through the research, we've realized that there's so much more going on here than just the app. And that's been like so engaging for us because that's, I believe what we're passionate about. Mm -hmm. And we've always known that I think maybe it's because of our communication backgrounds and our need to consistently network and want to grow our, our brand so we can understand and put Vodium in front of people. Like we've done a lot of talking. And so I don't, if you can wait, no, I'll touch a little bit about how we started with Unem AI because yeah, you were all about, you said, okay, we just need more research. We just need more research. And I'm like, what does that mean? I don't think I was the one to say that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna push back. Sorry. Maddie, our amazing intern's leaving. It's more than a turn. We're okay, good. Thank God. Please help my brain. Um, it's hard for no, me to remember. No, it's so funny. And I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna say this. I, like, I'm gonna say this, and I hope this comes across the right way. So, Cami and I have very different backgrounds. So, my background has always been in business. Cami's was in politics, media, production, right? Both marketing esque, but. As you know, when you enter a new, um, enter any new field, you have to learn the lingo. So, like, I had to learn the lingo of communications, production, teleprompter. Cami had to learn the lingo of like some of the more like businessy things, you know, like demand gen, like these things. We both had to learn the lingo of development, right? So, we all had a lot to learn. But I think the cool thing is, is that from the start, I was like, okay, we got to find product market fit. And you're like, what the hell does that mean? And you're like, wait, oh, that's research. We have research in politics. I got it. And you were like, we need research. And that's, that's always been you. The user story was you too. I got, you got to get, take your credit for where it's due. And that this is you. And you called our friend Skylar at Unum AI 
because you were like, we got to prove that there is a need for this. And so we did. That's cool. That's really cool. And I remember it was, I was in my childhood home and it was the midst of the pandemic, but it was snowy and it was so fun. And I was like in my childhood bedroom and um, my dad is like, uh, you should talk to my friend's son. He lives in Denver and Skylar and his other team member were super awesome and super sweet with us. And he and I bonded over our discrepancies and hatred sometimes of polling and politics, but that's another day. Um, and the user story, I thought we got introduced from them by them from Opa Lesson. We did, but you pushed for us to expand contract to do all the, the research, which was amazing. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, you did. Here's yeah. the thing. The research is amazing and it's so pivotable. Pivotable. What I want to say is the reason why we did that, I believe that was the most economical way to build the brand. And okay. So I, that's just what I saw in my and experience with campaigns. Cause I've seen budgets just dry up so quickly. And it's like, people believe you need to do creative and put money in, but I'm like freaking out. But like, what is our, what's our fit? Well, yeah. who do we need to talk to? And then who do we like, need to talk to? Product market. I'm like, like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like jobs to be done. Another podcast. God. I'm a huge nerd. Um, shout out to Bob Mosta. I got to meet him. Thank you to my old boss, Fletcher Jones, for introducing me. Okay. Totally side note. But we did prove that our customers have a pain point and we solve them like through very specific ways. So um, that was Unim AI, the user story. We're going to have a whole episode on the research we've done because um, it's kind of remarkable to know that everyone's struggling through the same stuff. Marketing. Before we get bring Taylor on, and I'm looking at the clock, we're running long as we always do. We have a few key people in the beginning really help us. So um, shout out to my sister, Grace, uh, and our friend, Emily, who came on um, and really helped us with SEO, wrote blogs for us, developed a ton of content in the beginning, which is really important. If you're starting a company, start a blog and find your keywords and find someone really smart who knows SEO, um, like our friend Coda, who helped us in the beginning. Um, Coda came in and did all the technical SEO on our website, which was super helpful. We found him through our advisor, Seth. I'd worked with him in the past. Um, and then, you know, we went through a several different um, contractors over the years for both SEO and paid media, um, EPC, basically Google ads. Um, but Rank was our amazing SEO partner that we worked with for the last year. They really matured our standing in our words. And Candor is our incredible digital marketing firm who does all of our paid advertisements. And they're also out of the UK. So we could do a whole episode on this. I just think it's important to say like, hire through your networks, talk to yeah. people and find people you know to do to do this work because it it's really a, a fit and a feel thing. A uh, fit and a feel Tetris. And that's, uh, Mary has a, such a beautiful way to express things with her words where I'm like, I'm just like overcome with emotions. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this, that SEO PPC side is, was also a learning curve for me. Oh, I want to vomit of like, because there's so much information out there and I tend to get very overwhelmed with like, I want to know everything, but you genuinely cannot when running a company. So you know, all of these people we've had work for us or are currently working for us. There's been a, you know, waves of, okay, our contract is coming to an end. That's mm -hmm. okay. Thankfully, we've been very 
dead on or very honest with um, (laughs) what's going on in our company in order to have as professional, but yet relatable, personable experience with contractors because we are trusting them with such a big part of what we believe and know is pivotal to growing a business. So I think that's a perfect segue to bring in Taylor because she's more of like a, may I say, uh, a sister, sister. Are you ready to bring her in, Mary? Yes, let's bring her in. Also, that's from the hit classic White Christmas. (laughs) Anyone doesn't know that wonderful movie and um, add it to your Christmas playlist. (laughs) Christmas is only a short two months away. If you can't tell, I'm obsessed. Hi, there's TT. I call Taylor TT and I'm not going to do that on this podcast. It's just Taylor. I'm going to play around with these layouts because there we go. I don't want to be just the one like, hey, hey, hey. No, put Taylor in the hot seat. Can you put her in the hot seat? I don't know how to do that. Okay, this is good. It's good. For now, right? Jeez. Okay, so everyone, hello. I'm excited, Taylor, that you're here today. I want to (laughs) – because this is fun. You're – this is a talk show, honey. You're a team member. Exactly. Taylor's our only full-time employee, um, which is really cool. We've talked about all the contractors and consultants we've pulled in, but Taylor is our ride, ride or die. Yeah. And I want to quickly give viewers background into how we met you. We got connected via a mutual friend, Faith. Shout out, Faith. She is, God, she is like DIY perfection marketing or she is my dream in Asheville and I, and to have chicken, she has chickens. Chicken, she has a garden. She has um, a fiance who's built an office. For <laughs> she has a fiance. Goals, 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 goals. She has it all. And she still manages to like do TikTok, but you were working with her at a marketing company and then you started your own marketing agency and we had met you and we were like, oh, can you help us with South by Southwest? We were pitching and we wanted your help with marketing and behind the scenes, Mary and I were like, okay, if this goes well, we want to, we want to, we want to snag her. We want to like really grab her. And thankfully we were able to hire you full time, but do you mind letting the audience in on looking back at that moment in your life of seeing Mary and I being like, Taylor, like come here. Like, uh, you know, we were, we were very nervous to ask you. I forget what coffee shop we were at in Nashville. Parlor in Germantown. <laughs> Never I, remember, I remember that day so vividly. That was sweet. That was sweet. And then, um, and then compare to how you feel today because you've, because I love you so much. We love you so much. Have had such tremendous growth where Mary and I are like, can we contain her? Not in a bad way. Okay. Not in a bad way. Um, Cause we love you so much. So do you mind letting the viewers in on that? Yeah. I'm so sorry. Can you repeat the question? <laughs> Cause I ramble. Yeah. I ramble. This is Mary. 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 I'll, I'll dive in. Taylor, talk to us about like your journey to Vodium about what you were doing before and like how you joined us and and tell us about that day at Barista Parlor. Yeah. Okay. Great. 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 Well, I'm going to give like the, the, the spiel that I never give, which is like, I feel like I always give the PR answer, which was like, I worked at a really fast paced startup, but like, this is our, 
this is on our terms. So Ooh, marketing genius. <laughs> um, but right out of college, I started at a really, really fast paced startup. It was a SaaS company. Um, uh, they're still doing great to this day. That's where I met Faith. Um, she's Wait, sorry. Work. I got to interrupt. Tell people what you did in college. No. Oh, my God. Mary. Welcome to Google me. Their videos are still on YouTube. No SEO. Tie back to Bodium. Update those videos. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Taylor was went to Belmont and was in the music industry. So she's, she has some stories. Okay. That's all I'll say. Sorry. I'll literally um, I figured I loved money. Um, way more than a starving artist, but, um, anyway, um, but yeah, I started at a really fast paced startup right out of college and I loved it. All my friends were still making like coffee and no tea, no shade to, you know, entry level positions. That's like where you normally start. Um, but I was on the ground floor of like a really fast, I had no business getting that job. I had no, I, my major was songwriting business. Um, and I, worked there for three years and I worked really hard and I also didn't really have a life. So I would teach myself how to code after work and um, I didn't know anything about marketing. So I'd be asked to do something and I would spend, you know, the first part of the task researching what the hell the marketing task was that I was asked to do. And that's kind of where I started, but I learned a lot. And so once I hit like a ceiling at that company, um, I was, I had kind of a chip on my shoulder and I was like, oh, like my friends are still in their entry level positions or in school, I've ran a large portion of the marketing department at a really fast paced startup. Like I'm just gonna start my, I'm what, at the time I was 24, 25. I'm gonna start Amazing. my own marketing company. And I don't wanna like discredit myself. Like I definitely had the ability to like do a job well, but I didn't have the experience to carry me into a career that I wanted for myself. It was just enough to like, really, um, you know, provide some value to clients, but I, I didn't know everything. And I really had a chip on my shoulder that I did until I, until I met Vodium. I think Mary and I can agree with you. I can agree that I was humbled with Vodium in the most beautiful oh, free yeah. falling way of, yes. I was so hungry and mad at the world. Uh, um, and it was also the pandemic. So I took yeah. out my anger, but it was a huge humbling experience. And um, that was really, I really relate 100%. to that. I don't mind that you said well, and that. And Taylor and I, when we met Taylor, I has so much of myself in her. No, I'm kidding. But like, I also had a marketing agency, solo marketing agency before Vodium. And I had the same chip on my shoulder and shout out to my clients out there. You know, I hope I did good work for you, but like looking back, I know so much more now. Right. And so like, I think it's pretty normal experience, but you yeah. had the gumption to start a company. I did. And I, I still had clients and I still was doing well, but I felt like I was like fooling everyone. Like, oh, so that, that day, that day at Barista Parlor, after we had kind of finished our contract work with South by Southwest, um, like I obviously, I always tell people that I joined Vodium and this is still true. I just leave out the other part, which the first part being I joined Vodium because I fully believed in Cami and Mary and I loved the branding. Um, and I just loved the, the mission of the company in general, like the, you know, remote work was huge, you know, blew up obviously, unfortunately because of COVID, but it's changed the way that we all communicate and how we work. And, um, 
so I was fully bought in the company. The other part of, I, I definitely played it cool at Barista Parlor when they were like, you know, we'd love to bring you on full time. And I was like, well, I'm gonna have to think about it. But in my head, I was like, <laughs> I had that like chip on my shoulder and I was like panicking, like, holy, like I cannot continue to do this marketing agency without, like, I, like it was very humbling. Like I didn't know as much as I thought I did. And I saw Bodium being like, no marketing thus far. It would be on me to create it. This would be a perfect opportunity to learn more. Um, and so, yeah, that was the other part of, of also why I joined Bodium. Yeah. We were, we were like, here's the truth. This is what's behind door one. This is right, right, behind right. door two. And this is what's behind door three. And Do you remember this spooky bitch was like, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> We also literally brought her swag from South by Southwest to like entice her to say yes. Oh yeah. And I was like, oh, God. yeah. Well, I want to ask like, okay, we were very honest with that. This is a startup. I know here's the thing I, I wanted little, I just, you know, Mary and I love you so much and really having, I know a lot of people are really scared about bringing in people that you care about and have maybe mm -hmm. a personal relationship or just a, fucking relationship with, right? That may have more personal entanglements, right? But we, Mary and I were really scared <laughs> and letting people in. And we just had thought, we thought Taylor was so cool. We like thought she was so cool. And I was like, I don't know anything about marketing. And I just feel like kids these days, we need to be cool, man. And I like podcasts. I like longer form content, like smooth jazz. And I was like, that's not like, I, I want to learn more, but Mary and I don't have that in us. Like we don't have the fucking time. So we need someone just like us who we feel like is going to just run the world and we can, we can trust. And that yeah. you, you accepting that offer, like still to this day, I will be always grateful, always grateful. Always. I love that day. I would Even say, though you the, say the shit out of me in public, which is my worst fear. Oh, yeah. We literally got up and screamed and ran around and gave her a hug when she said yes. Yeah. Okay. Because Taylor's okay. so cool. Taylor's a, a young millennial. Some would say she actually is Gen Z, but you know, okay. Um, she does keep us young and hip on the TikToks, uh, you know, all those things. But I have to say, the best advice I've ever heard for hiring having now only hired Taylor, one person, so take this with a grain of salt, was to hire people who are smarter than you and better you, better than you. And that has been 100% true with you, Taylor. Like, you are better than us. You are smarter than us. You go out and figure out things even if you don't know. And it's allowed us to just, like, step back and focus on the other parts of the business, which has been amazing. Thank you so much. I don't – I compliments me want to crawl out of my skin, but I, I – I think it's the three of us that make it. But well, it's like the conversation. We're like, let's have a conversation. But all of our conversations with Taylor end up to be compliments. But okay, what that means is, you know, we feel like you took a chance on us. Sometimes yeah. you think that you we took a chance on you. Um, we definitely enticed you to be like, we, we this will be beautiful for your resume. I don't feel shame that that's how we enticed you because we know what it's like out there for women out there in that world and marketing. And, you know, I worked on campaigns, Mary wanted to work in tech and like 
depending on where you start off, you're not going to get like the most bougie experience. So do you want to be hands-on or do you want to be another number in a bigger company? And you wanted to take that risk. So you wanted to grow. So why, how has working at Bodium empowered you to like evolve then from that, 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 that woman with a chip on her shoulder, you know? Oh my. Yeah. Well, I think what's funny is like anytime someone has a chip or, um, you know, they have a big ego, there's a lot of fear behind that. And it's, yeah. that's how fear is translated to the world is, um, it's a protective thing, like a bigger ego or whatever. We're getting really meta, but You're such um, a witch. So I, <laughs> I look, I kind of look like a witch today. No, you literally do. I didn't expect any less. <laughs> also, we all I, three went to Salem last October. So we all yes. love witchy Spooky. Halloween things. We're, we're coming into our ski season and mm-hmm. Harry Potter. So, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I, but I think it was, a, I had a lot of fear when I first started at Vodium mm-hmm. and um, it translated into me having that chip on my shoulder, but the good and the bad thing about being the only employee, really, the three of us um, on the team is that there was no room for me to be fearful. Um, it was oh. like, you know, we don't we don't have that luxury. Obviously, when you have a bigger team, you have the luxury of being a little shy, a little fearful, you know, piddle footing around as if I don't know. Um, but I didn't have that luxury. And so it's cool because my life has changed so much as you know, personally and professionally since starting Bodium that like the biggest thing that Bodium has helped me empower to do is like, if it, if it's scary or if I'm fearful of it, that's exactly what I need to be doing. And that translates like within Bodium and within my personal life. Um, and so now I let my fear guide me to wherever I need to go again, professionally or personally. Um, but yeah, and now I don't feel like I have that chip on my shoulder anymore. I'm I'm like excited about the fact that I'm always gonna have more things to learn. And every oh. time I know everything, Vodium surprises me. So yeah. Well, Taylor, I love that. And I think it's a perfect segue. Like we basically gave you a clean slate whiteboard and said like, just go build the marketing plan. Like we wanna sell this company or raise another round. Like what should we do? And we obviously have amazing, amazing marketing advisors who have helped you with this, but like you've, you're the leader here. You are our marketing leader. Like talk to us about what you're building. What are you working on? How are you, how are you moving the company forward through all the projects you're doing? Literally, what are we not doing? Honestly, they're uh, PPC, SEO, um, organic content. We're on social media. We're doing obviously on our terms as an extension of Odium. Um, blog content, every product marketing, like we are, we're doing everything, but I think like there, we could talk all day about all of the tasks that we're doing or I'm doing to like move the company forward. I think the biggest thing is when you zoom out, my biggest goal is like our, the director of marketing of Odium is um, whether it's, you know, obviously trying to raise or have an acquisition is like, I want Vodium. How do we get Vodium into every conversation that involves improving your virtual presence or in every virtual application that anyone uses. We talk about Slack every day. We talk about Zoom every day. I believe that Vodium should be in all of those conversations. So when they are, that's how I know that I've done my job well. And I just want to talk about that because, but another thing that you've done, if we, okay, so 
a lot of people told us to put money towards a CTO. Um, and Mary and I were like, no, um, that seems like a lot of money. And we've had some bad experiences with past, you know, working agreements where we just feel like we're so dead set on what we want Vodium to become versus like how we want to grow it. And, you know, we've learned so many hardships with how people have been taking us seriously or not taking us seriously because we don't have tech background. So we really want to build Vodium on our terms and, you know, we want to build the story and Mary was like, we need marketing. We need people. We need someone to help manage and run PPC SEO. We need a communicatable website and we need our systems to talk to each other so we can market the people who download Vodium. It's this whole ecosystem that I had no idea how to um, build. And I feel as if you, that was the first time where someone was saying, Hey, you have the keys, you've, you've heard or seen how someone would do this, but now it's up to you to build the, the frame. And I feel like as a 31 year old, there's not a lot of profession. There's, I didn't have bosses who at the age of <laughs> the age we gave you Vodium, uh, they didn't take me seriously in politics when I was a little bit younger or your age. And I had such a big manifesto I wanted to write. And I wanted to be like, screw all of you. I am a genius. I Literally. know how to run this shit. Literally. Um, but no one was letting me freak the fuck out. And we were like, we want Taylor. We want, it's like, Taylor, I don't know. Figure it out. <laughs> we don't have time. <laughs> Just help us help. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Not sorry. Yeah. No, I, I love think- it. And yeah. No, go ahead. Sorry, I lost train of thought. No, I lost my train of thought. Well, wait, I had something. I had something. Go, Mary. Go. Wait, I was just waiting for you to ask me. I thought that was a transition into asking me how you yeah. two are as is. Oh, that's right, because we have all of our questions for Taylor right here in Bodium, right. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well, yeah, what's it like to work for us? Um, <laughs> it's like um, the best way I can describe it. I've literally told people this is like it's like genuinely riding a roller coaster with your best friends like it's just like you're like oh my god this is so exciting and then you're like oh this is scary and then you're like oh my god this is so fun like it's just there's a lot of like ups and downs with it but like like cammy and i I, we could do a whole podcast episode of our argument in maine which made us better team members (laughs) she went there i love it well the whiteboard triggered me the whiteboard comment triggered me because mary was on the whiteboard (laughs) No. But Meanwhile, I, I like conflict. I'm like, oh, I'm I'm so lucky because I I have two female, not only female bosses, but I'm so lucky that like you guys give me the space to be as creative as I want to be, and you never you know shut down an idea. You're like, you know what? Let's see if it has any backing, or let's see if it has legs. And you're just you're just so supportive, and you're you guys are. The, I mean, we wouldn't be where we are if you weren't the type of bosses that you are. Um, but I also like, sometimes I forget that you're my bosses respectfully, just like, we're just like a bunch of girlies, just like running. Yeah. Well, and I think that's really important. And thank you for all that Taylor. Like, I think that we do just have like a really flat management structure. There's like, there's three of us. Yeah. 
we're trusting you to be the leader in this like most important part of our company, arguably building our brand and getting, telling people about Vodium. So I think we've, I think we've done great in building like a, a culture and a real working relationship. Absolutely. Um, and I was, I think you've done a great job. If I can reflect the, like the other way of like, you know, Cammie and I both have big personalities and I know we like, we're not marketing experts and everything, but like we both came from marketing backgrounds. Like Cammie was a creative director for multi-million dollar national TV commercials. Like I ran product marketing and a product marketing agency. And like, you're coming in, like there are things that like, of course, like we know more because we've had careers in this stuff. But, like you've done such a good job when you're, like, no, I don't think that's right. Like pushing back on us or saying like, hey, I know you've done this this way or you want to do it this way, but like you hired me to do this. Here's my gut. I think I want to do it this way and running with it. And that's just so appreciated because like that's that's leadership from you. And again, I couldn't be, I wouldn't be able to do that if you, I mean, you could easily be like, no, this is how we've done it before. We're going to do it this way. Um, but we each have like an equal stake in, in decision making. And yeah. I'm taking, I'm taking deep breaths just because Taylor also reminds me of myself too. And I think like, I'm sorry, if you want to do as something as build a company and Take a chance on me. Take a chance on yourself. Like, I don't know how, what I hear about Elon Musk and all these other founders. It's like so annoying. They seem so isolated and they seem like they're actually going crazy and they're not admitting to themselves that it's a scary experience. And, you know, there's a rare breed of people who actually do the thing and then not let their ego get in the way of them still evolving and learning and going with the flow. And that's how you hopefully find success. But um, so I think the biggest thing though, I want to transition Taylor. Um, we, we've told you recently, not re I don't know, recently that we were like, Hey, we want to, we want to find a force multiplier, right? Mary, you divulge if you want to divulge what that force multiplier means to the audience. But we also have been very honest with you about how much capital we have in our runway. Of course, our goal is to find an investment so we can hopefully grow our company and grow your salary because we feel, I felt, you know, in my past working relationship employer, I was getting money, but not being treated well. And the two still didn't make it still did the money still didn't make me happy. So I found within Bodium that, okay, maybe I'm not going to be paid as much, but I'm really, really happy. And so I'm trying to find what that means. And we've been honest to you to be like, we, we do, we do want to give you your next journey. Um, but, uh, we don't know what will happen. So like, can you tell the viewers a little bit how being let in underneath the hood that personally has made you feel? Uh, and I want you to be honest if you don't mind, because yeah, I think that's really brave of you. <laughs> um, I love it personally, because like, also like, wouldn't that be so awkward? It's the three of us. You guys are freaking yeah. out because you know, we have like X months left of runway. And I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> like, right. I, so I appreciate that transparency. I mean, like, yeah, obviously it's, you know, there are times where we'll do, you know, check-ins and be like, oh shit, you know, we only have this much time left and I have all these marketing things I want to do and we don't have time for it. Um, but at least from my point of view, it's been actually helpful because it keeps me 
in check on like what to prioritize because like again we don't have the luxury in the same way we don't have the luxury of i don't have the luxury of being fearful or you know scared to try things i also don't have the luxury of you know just like doing whatever like time literally is yeah. money every day for us and so i think being let in on the equity or sorry excuse me the runway um mm -hmm. it helps me always stay in check of like okay what every single day that i show up to work what is helping move the company forward um so and yeah, I, I, mean, I love that. And like for extra context, like Taylor's in our biweekly meetings with our CFO, like going over our pro forma, which is apparently not normal to like to do that, but it's amazing. Also, I just realized as we're talking, I feel really bad. Shout out to a very another important member of our team, our fractional CFO, Gary. Um, and Who is starting that? A Who is that? Just Gary. Gary Clark. Gary Clark. My wait, Mary. Wait. My husband. It's my husband. <laughs> okay. Crazy. But I think that like if as an aside, and I was talking to another founder, like once you get to where you've fundraised, like you need a fractional CFO. So like do that. Find someone good who who can have the open conversations with you and talk to your director of marketing, like, hey, here's the marketing budget. Like if you perform this, like we can increase it by X, which has been right. really helpful to have everyone in on those conversations. Mary, I'm gonna put you on the spot. So because of time, of course, um, I want Taylor to end to be like, okay, you know, what would you say to people in your shoes who are pursuing their passion, your passion? Like you were so passionate about marketing and you leapt with us. So, but Mary, I, I, just listening to Taylor, like how would you ask her the question of like, okay, now that you know our mission of trying to find a force multiplier and trying to find reach and potentially sell our company, find a investor, blah, blah, blah. Like, um, how would you ask what her goal is? <laughs> Put you on the spot. <laughs> I think, um, 60 minutes. Let me, I think we, I, I, let me ask you that Taylor. What, what excites you most about coming to work every day? What are you most excited about? Where do you think is driving the needle the most? Like we have very ambitious goals, like Cammy just said, like we're trying to do a moonshot. We'll get into that in future episodes. Like when you sit down at your desk and you work on X project, you're like, yeah, this is it. Like this is gonna, this is gonna push it forward, knowing we're doing a million important things. Yeah. That's hard. That's a really hard question. I know. <laughs> and honestly, like you, Cammy, for can you edit this out? <laughs> <laughs> what you want me to edit this out well guess no, no, no. what i i was expecting the last question which was like what do you tell people about uh what was it can went off oh, script i went off script i went off script oh i'm so sorry okay. i went off it's script okay. no we can edit okay. this of okay. course also this is amazing whoever's listening this long it's like what and we're gonna make these into beautiful tiktok snippets well i would okay. also definitely like cut it down because this is like a lot so anyway, long i'll edit sorry. it um, um okay so Okay, Mary, help what, me bring that's it home. My question. I'm so tired. No, yeah, okay, yeah, I can tell. Okay, so what is the what's the one thing that you're most excited to work on right now? Like you talked about TikTok, SEO, PPC, a million things, a product launch. Like what what gets you going? 
Um, I think definitely the product launch. One because it's Fuck something yeah. that I've never, I've never <laughs> that I've never gotten to do before. Where I'm like launching a new product, like beginning to end, um, and that's exciting for me. I love to like I think of, I love to gamify my career. I'm like, ooh, it's like another like level up. Like, oh, I, I haven't done that yet. Like, I get to collect that badge or whatever. Um, but then also, I think it is going to move the needle because right now we are such a small team and we do have such an amazing product. Um, and the only place to access it right now is from our website, but soon it will be able to be accessed elsewhere. No, um, I, I think this is where we make the, if you're still listening, you're the first to hear teams? where are we building on teams, Microsoft, Microsoft teams, 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 teams. Um, that, that makes, cause I'm that make, we're reaching a whole new group of, uh, users that we, we don't have access to just from like mm-hmm. the other reach initiatives that we're doing or whatever. So um, that makes me excited uh, the most, I think. And then obviously TikTok, because yeah, I am a cusp Gen Z millennial 95. I don't know where that stands. I'm pretty sure it's a cusp. Um, Like I remember life before the iPhone, but I also, you know, really love TikTok. So it's cusping season. It's cusping season. I'm gonna Amazing. add. To, I'm gonna add all of that back and forth to the bloopers, baby. That was. Epic. I love. Oh, bloopers episode coming in <laughs> December. Okay, so Taylor, end us off. This has been an amazing conversation. We got to have you on again. Uh, anytime you want to join, we're here. But um, I'm literally down the hall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, talk I'm to tired. us about this. Tell us about this. What advice do you have for someone who is 25, maybe just getting their start in marketing? And who is driven and hungry to grow their career? Like, what would you tell them from your experience, you know, all of your experiences, but really your experience with Odium? Um, what would I tell them? Biggest piece of advice. Biggest piece of advice. Okay. I feel like I have three. Okay. 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 Hit us with the three. first one. The first one, again, if it scares you, not like if it's dangerous, but like if it scares you, do it. Do it. Um, something as small as like Mary asked me to go to a bar class that terrified me. I did it anyway. I won't go again, but I did it. And and I saw it. a part of myself that was interesting. Um, I would, uh, yeah, that's, that's the one. If it scares you, just do it. Um, also that. if people say that you can't do something, I know everyone says this, but it's so true. Use that as fire, find something as, as a, to put a fire under your ass. Um, because it's really easy these days to get complacent and, um, compare yourself to people. And it's good to have something personal to you that can keep you going. I love it. That's great advice. Anyone listening. All right. Um, Taylor, thank you so much for joining. But Taylor, I want you to stay on for our next section, just to hear. I want to see any hot takes and any conversation that comes through it. So um, let's wrap up the section with Taylor. Love you to death. I hope people can just gauge that we're very comfy with each other. And it's kind of like three sisters. Like when we're getting tired and or we're having a sugar crash, we, we really, we really, we really don't hide anything from each other. So no. Mary, do you mind kicking us off for the run through? Yes. Okay. okay. Reminder guys, this is the run through, uh, our last few minutes of each episode where we talk you through what we're listening to, uh, a virtual hack and then, um, a dream sponsor. So Cami, start us off with a virtual hack. Okay. So I'm a DIY type of gal, Barbie, as you say. So this background here, it's still not 
done yet. I don't know if that's me. Like, of course, I always get little hobbies and then I drop them and I don't revisit them for another year. But no, this has been an ongoing project of like a three canvas mural. And when I have a lot of meetings in between them, I'll just start little painting. I'll start painting little crevices, but it's not perfect. I need to fine edge the, Amazing. the edges. Cammy painted that. Painted her back. honey. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So I want to dive into the news really quickly. Okay. Winning. Oh, thank you, honey. Um, Drew Barrymore, like the writer strike. <laughs> uh, whoa. I want to be, um, am I TMZ or E News? Like, I don't know my personality here yet, but damn, honestly, if I were to put her, myself in her shoes, here's the thing. Uh, when it comes down to politics and like strikes, uh, she really did not do a good, she needed to do a proactive statement and stick to it. Bill Maher did the same thing. And then now they're stepping back. It's just like, bro, like, bro. And some people on the union side, obviously, and especially with like actors on Instagram or TikTok, I've heard them say that like, if you're going to do that, you have enough money to actually pay the writers, pay the writers with your own staff. If you really want to say that your show must go on, then pay the writers, but that's instead they proceeded without the writers. That's just what I've heard. Um, I, that's just my hot uh, overview. Taylor, hot take overview, celebrity uh, appearance. What do you think? No, Give us your hot I, take. I think I'm gonna go with a classic stoicism quote, which I have the right to know, no opinion. To have, not having an opinion at all. Um, mm. Yeah, I obviously stand with the writers, but <laughs> yeah, I love Thank you very much. So it's like I really, I can't do it. Get it. Everybody's trying to feed their family. Like it's everyone, really hard. Doing the best they can. That's everyone. And poor Drew was like, "Oh, sure. I don't know how to do her, or I don't know how to impersonate her." But she tried. <laughs> she really tried. It sucked. <sighs> Drew, we love Drew. Okay. Um, we'll Mary, transition to what we're to? listening to. Okay. Guys, if you're not listening to Heather McMahon's Absolutely Not podcast, what the hell are you doing? It is the <laughs> one of the highlights of my week. Sometimes I forget she's not like actually one of my really close friends. She's a comedian. She just announced yesterday she has um, a special coming out on Netflix. She's absolutely fucking hilarious. Um, and it's really relatable and funny. So go listen to her. It will brighten your week. Okay? Okay. So – um, well, what I'm listening to is just Doja Cat, uh, the new song. What was that song? Paint the Town Red or something? And she yeah. goes, bitch, I said what I said. I think there's something about Doja Cat that gives me such the confidence, like Meg the Stallion of like, oh, yeah, um, women can do this shit. But it's hard mm -hmm. as hell. It's hard as hell. And we want to vent about it. And we want to be we want to be kind of crazy about it. Um, but. You know we're we're working for the dollar over here, so uh, we'd like to we'd like to comment on the dream sponsor of our dream baby. Okay, Streamyard. <laughs> Streamyard. Streamyard. Uh, Streamyard. Okay, so the scariest thing about starting this, whatever it is, is it a video podcast? Is it a podcast? Who knows? Is it a three-hour monologue dialogue? We don't know, but we're doing it. And I've heard from many founders and other people, they're like, at least you're doing it. Like, I'm like, yeah, you're right. Because my, our perfectionism got in our way a lot. And so we use StreamYard. It provides such a seamless, easy pre-production and post-production. And it's made uh, my life easier of 
having a cool background, a cool setup, having like slugs for people's names. It's just been sexy. How have you guys liked it? Ladies liked Absolutely it. Absolutely love it. I mean, it's so guys, gorgeous. Ladies. Ugh. Gorgina. So, Scorgina. Scorgina. Okay, okay, so that's our dream sponsor, StreamYard. Thank you sponsor so much. Us. Thank you. So I want to close us out and just say, Taylor, thank you so much, baby, for joining us. And um, thank you for everyone for listening to On Our Terms. Mary? If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts uh, and follow us on LinkedIn. And we will see you next time on On Our Terms. Ciao, ciao.